Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and joining us now is Bradley Dean of Sons of Liberty, and I think the website is uh, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Is it, Bradley? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Sons, of, uh, Sons of Liberty Media and sonsoflibertyradio.com. Good. Okay. And um, I, he's been kind enough to let me uh, substitute host on his show several times, and I wanted to get him on uh, uh, for the audience that doesn't know what he does. Uh, we share a lot of common values, uh, politics, and we see um, uh, Christianity at the center of this. And uh, he has been involved. I want to talk to him about the um, uh, the protests at uh, Target, and uh, subsequent to this, <laughs> we see not only is Target taking a big hit as they've been uh, pushing all this LGBT agenda, they now got a lawsuit from stockholders who said, uh, "Hey, <laughs> you're you're not uh, you got this environmental social governance stuff here. You're not paying attention to uh, wh- what your real mission is, and that is to make money." And uh, that is, I think, uh, one way that these people are going to be punished. But, of course, the other way that we can come after them is with boycotts. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what happened there uh, where you live. Well, back in June, um, early June, actually, we seen that Target was doing what Target does best. And this isn't the first time they've done it, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen the corporate world gather together in this alliance and attack who we are. And it rightly reminds me of what uh, John Adams rightly said that the Constitution is only good for a moral and a religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the uh, government of any other. And we see that they're using these uh, groups that want their rights that God never gave to go ahead and attack at will to upend the Constitution. Well, Target just happened to be one of them, and we noticed what was going on and how they were targeting the children once again. And we decided to stand up and do what we did, and that was to protest Target and um, basically call them out for their crimes being committed against innocent children throughout the country. And we got national attention because of it, and we're going to continuously do it. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, did any of the local officials do anything about that? Well, no, as a matter of fact, I even met with the local prosecutor and the sheriff, and I showed him the laws that were being violated here, and I asked him why the law was not being enforced uh, in bringing these individuals to uh, justice and they said that they did not want to bring national attention to themselves. How do you not want to bring national attention to yourselves on the behalf of your children? But I guess that's a little of what we got here mm-hmm. uh, in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, and I call these people dragons, you know, because we really are serving the uh, symbolic uh, thing of evil there instead of drag queens. I, th- I think they're dragons. And we have a similar situation here, Bradley. Uh, we have had in... Um, in Knoxville, one of the three big cities in, um, in Tennessee, 
they had a, uh, a bunch of dragons with little kids. And uh, the local officials, all Republican for the most part, said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. There's no yeah. law against that type of thing. It's like there is a law against obscene uh, you know, public displays and things like that, especially with kids. There's a law against uh, all of those things. Uh, they said, well, we can't do anything about it. So they passed a law, state law in Tennessee. The governor signed it. And then shortly afterwards, we had a federal district judge uh, who was appointed by Trump who said, no, that, that law is too broad. I'm not going to allow that to happen. It's like, it's broad because they're trying to think of all the different places where these people have done it. It wasn't uh, overly broad in any sense, except to talk about the, the ways that, that it's being done. But that judge uh, put an injunction and said, well, this cannot be enforced right now. I'm not really sure what the situation is legally with that, if that's being appealed by the state of Tennessee or not. But I do know that now in uh, smaller towns, and it's coming up in the uh, close to where I live, uh, and uh, on this Saturday, there's going to be a, a bunch of dragons with kids. They're going to have them on stage, and they're inviting all ages and that sort of thing. And that's being put on in the city uh, uh, city hall area that's basically a, a building that's owned by the, the city of Severe. And they call it Queer and Severe. And uh, they're saying, well, there's no law. We can't do anything about it. But it is still the principle that you're engaged in lewd displays with kids and that type of thing. So I guess we'll be there to, uh, to film that over the weekend. I'm not sure you know, what the status is going to be. Right now, there's a pressure campaign to try to stop uh, this small town city from doing this because this stuff is coming from the bigger cities or pushing it into the smaller cities. Yeah. Well, if I can add to that, David, it's also interesting to note that in 16 states, it's still illegal to commit the act of sodomy. And what do we have? Uh, men dressing up as women that are aiming for children. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting to know it is a felony throughout the United States of America. It always has been. It always will be in the sight of God and in American statute. They're called crimes against nature. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is even going back to your first question, when I met with the sheriff and I met with the prosecutor here, I said, do you realize that when I do high school assemblies, because I've done 365 of them, public high schools in 25 different states, do you realize that if I took the information that they're trying to bring to the kids in these drag queen hours, as they call them, or if I was to take some of the content out of over 100 titles concerning the books that are being uh, infiltrated into public schools, and I shared with the kids during my Lyceum the information that these individuals are getting away with sharing, if I did that in a public high school setting, I'd be charged immediately and I'd be thrown in jail for a long time. I'd be thrown in prison as a pedophile. And uh, so to suggest that the laws are not there, they're absolutely there. And what has to happen is the American people need to go back to the word of God and the Constitution and understand that if our said representatives are not going to enforce the laws, then we're going to hold them accountable to do so. And if they don't, We'll impeach them and we'll prosecute them as well. And this we've seen a mayor do in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just this last week, we've had a couple of situations, uh, different places where it's happening all the time. You have parents who are upset about the books that they put in the schools that are pornographic uh, and um, you know sex manuals, but um, all kinds of perverted sex and uh, but explicit as well. And, right. and they'll, and they'll go to these meetings, these school board meetings, and they'll read them and they carry them off, you know? And, and again, why do we give that a pass? It's the same thing that happened during pride month. You had, um, uh, one individual who recorded the call, called up the police and said, there's naked men out here going down the street. Really? Oh, oh wait, that's, that's the pride parade. Don't worry about it. 
what? You know, I mean, this is, this is, they get a pass for that. I remember about 30 years ago, there was a judge in um, Raleigh where we lived and um, he got drunk at a party and he went out in the garden and he relieved himself and they charged him with an indecent uh, uh, ex exposure. He didn't know what he's doing. He's drunk. Uh, right. and, uh, and they removed him from the bench and he got penalties and all the rest of this stuff. But we just look the other way when these people knowingly are doing this and parading around in front of children, they get a pass because they have elevated this religion of LGBT, haven't they? And, and you know, what, what in your opinion is, is the, the purpose of this for the elites to make this the center of, uh, to, to elevate it as, as a kind of religion, as a kind of well, uh, form of secular humanism. Yeah, I can bring you right to it. Kevin Jennings. Uh, he was appointed as Obama's czar, school czar. Uh, he was the one that was responsible for writing a forward to an elementary book uh, called Queering Elementary Students. Wow. And it's also interesting to note that his icon was a man by the name of Harry Hay, who was the head of an organization called NAMBLE, a North American Man-Boy Love Association. And here's the end aim right here. This is the objective that they have in mind. During gay pride parades, Nambla had signs carrying uh, signs to the left and to the right and up and down the streets, sex before eight, before it's too late. Uh, that is a felony. And if you go back to scripture, you can see clearly the Lord condemns it at every given step. And what we can see across the country today is the people that are giving them the pass are we the people and if we're going to allow it to go on, it's going to continue on. And if we're going to be complicit with this, we're only adding more strength to tyranny every given step of the way. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, you know, we look at these people, two of the most uh, high-profile uh, abominations <laughs> that, that, uh, that Biden has put into his cabinet. Sam Brinton, uh, he was involved with the Trevor, Trevor Project, which was you know to mentor uh, disturbed teenagers uh, transgender teenagers. So that gave an opportunity to uh, deal with kids. You look at, um, this Levine character, I think he calls himself Rachel, but his real name is, is Richard. I call him Dick. Uh, Dick Levine uh, was a child psychologist. I gave him an opportunity to work with the kids. You look at, um, uh, this guy who played, uh, Sulu on Star Trek. And he says, this is just genocide. It is genocide to them because they have to recruit and steal the kids. And, yep. and so, you know, they want to be able to recruit these kids in, in these different ways. Uh, that's what people need to understand. I've said for the longest time, if they're going to play this game that uh, kids can decide that they are the wrong gender and they can then mutilate themselves with chemicals or surgery and all the rest of the stuff, and that's just, and we're fine with that. If we're going to accept that, then we've just lost all of the statutory rape uh, charges and, and basically everything else that we outlaw for kids, whether you're talking about guns or alcohol or driving or going to gambling casinos or all the rest of the stuff. Uh, that's all fair game now. And the kids uh, have no protection and they're very actively trying to make sure that the parents cannot protect them. That's one of the key things I think in the schools is how they hide this from the parents, isn't it? Well, this is what they mean to do is to assert parental authority. And it's always been their end aim. Yeah. And what a better way of doing it, David. I mean, if, even if you look at it and going back to law again, so people can understand what they can do and what they can't do, the state doesn't have any children. So where are they assuming this authority, uh, but a fictitious uh, overreaching to assume that they have authority, uh, which in fact, they've never been given because the people haven't delegated it to them. So again, this is criminal at the very core of, uh, everything that is going on throughout the states concerning our children in our public schools. 
really what people need to do is make reference to the law, find their state statute, and demand that the law is being enforced. And if they're not going to be enforced, then again, we peruse the U.S. Constitution and find out what we can do to those that refuse to enforce the law. That's the purpose that they're there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the state saying that they own the kids, and this has been a, a battle for the longest period of time. Uh, it is uh, over a decade ago, uh, I was doing some videos for... This is about 15 years now. I was doing some videos for uh, parentalrights.org. They were trying to get uh, just a couple of sentences passed as a constitutional amendment to recognize parental authority. But of course, you know, that campaign, uh, that being the end goal, it gave them a chance to talk about uh, all the attacks on parental authority at that point in time. And 15 years ago, it was nothing at all like it is today. It was uh, uh, judges and child custody cases or CPS or some of these other things like that coming in. And it wasn't the schools actively uh, pushing to take the kids away. But, um, you know, the U.N. Convention on the Rights of the Child is, is how they come at this. They say children have rights. No, they don't. They're not adults. They don't have responsibility. They don't have rights. They have parents to protect them. But they began with that. And even though that is not something that the U.S. has signed on to, you had all these activist judges who were essentially enacting it de facto measures. And then you have uh, the, the transition that we had uh, more recently, maybe about um, seven or eight years ago, we had Melissa Harris Perry on MSNBC saying, we've got to get over this idea that the kids belong to you. You know, they belong to the village. They belong to the community. Of course, Hillary Clinton's yep. always been pushing that stuff. So that is the, the strain of all this stuff. And people need to understand what their goal is. Their goal is to take the kids because uh, that is, um, you know, what they want for a number of reasons. And, um, uh, that is, um, even here, Bradley and Tennessee, when you had, uh, these people who were protesting the law that would stop these dragons from messing with kids, they had, uh, these people there with signs and said, I trust the parents. They don't trust the parents. They try to hide everything they can from the parents. Yep. Yep. That as a matter of fact, that's going on in California right now. The attorney general's actually trying to sue uh, to basically uh, shut down the the parents in that particular state from having any knowledge of what they mean to do. Again, this is completely out of their scope of authority, out of the uh, delegation that the people have given them. This is criminal at every given level. One of the things that I wanted to add to David, if you don't mind, is the fact that when doing the schools that I've done, um, also consider the fact that if the parents in this country would pull their kids from public schools, yes. we wouldn't have these issues in the first place. What we found is the kids are being subjected to everything and protected for nothing. And who's dropping them off at the school gate to be raised up by their sworn enemy? But 86% of the people in this country that call themselves conservatives, Christians, and or patriots. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of hypocrisy going on here. And the fact of the matter is that the people take responsibility and train up their children in the ways that they should go as unto the Lord. We yeah. wouldn't be in this predicament in any sense of the word today. That's right. I remember back in the late 1980s, uh, there was a court case. Uh, it was in Massachusetts. And they were doing sex education. And it wasn't any of this perverted stuff they've got today, this deviant sex or anything. It was, it was heterosexual sex, but it was to this guy's 8-year-old daughter. And he said, my daughter's too young for this. I don't want her to participate in this class. And I said, no, she's going to participate in it. He went down to take her out of the class. They charged him with trespassing. They arrested him and all the rest of the stuff. And when he went to court, they said, when you have dropped off your child at the schoolhouse, 
you have uh, ab- you have uh, turned them over to the state, and we have a doctrine. We're going to act in place of the parents uh, in yep. loco parentis, and said you have abandoned your child to the state when you drop them off at the front of the uh, of the uh, school, and that was a big. Uh, and that was a big issue for us when we decided to homeschool our kids. That along with the fact that Karen had already seen uh, what had happened as a school teacher. She saw how things had radically changed. You know, she's in her early 20s. Uh, she hasn't been out of school, but, you know, for four or five years. And uh, all of a sudden, she doesn't recognize this place anymore. And, and that, was, that was a long time ago. That was like 40 years ago. And, and so, yeah, I don't recognize this. And, and that's the other thing. People don't realize just how fast this is evolving. But that is the key thing, as you point out, the fact that people continue to put their kids um, in, in the schools. And I think it was really a blessing in disguise. A lot of people were able to see what was actually happening in their kids' classroom because they just couldn't believe that it was happening in their kids' classroom. Yeah, I've, I've heard principals, I've heard super uh, supervisors, superintendents, the list goes on where I've had teachers laugh about what's being taught in public schools. I've had a principal in Wisconsin say to me that every three to seven years, their history and their science books are being changed. And I looked at them and I said, what's funny about that? And they actually have the audacity to believe that they're just doing their job by indoctrinating these kids. But again, if the parents are gonna deliver them over, well, then they become open prey and that's exactly what's happening. And what's also interesting too, David, is the kids in schools today, they're not they're not stupid at all. They discern like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to figure out how they're loved so much by their said pastors and their parents that they're actually being thrown into the lion's den or the shark infested waters to be illegally indoctrinated. That's right. Um, so when those kids grow up, they're going to be very angry at the older generation who has, in fact, subjected them to the indoctrinations that are taking place illegally, might I add, by the federal government today. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was set up for. It was set up to control the uh, curriculum. And if you control the curriculum uh, through tests and other things like that and through accreditation, uh, you're going to control what the kids are taught. And, and, that's, and then they bribe people to do that with money from uh, Washington. But, you know, going back to uh, when we started homeschooling in North Carolina, they called the Homeschooling Association's report, they called it the Greenhouse Report. And, and as you're pointing out, you know, these, these kids, uh, they understand what's going on. Uh, they see that they've been abandoned. And I remember when we had this discussion, even with other Christian parents at the time, they said, well, I want to send my kid into that situation uh, to be salt and light. And I said, well, you're sending them into a situation they don't have the maturity to handle. And this is a, a situation where you've got massive pressure from people their age, their peer pressure, plus pressure from somebody who is authority figure above them. And I said, I don't really think they're going to, uh, to do too well in that type of situation. I think a better approach is to nurture them when they're young and, and tender and then at some point we all have to deal with this stuff. Then they, you know, they get out there. But now we see that, don't we, in social media? Because in social media and in regular mainstream media, they're getting pressure from authority figures. They're getting peer pressure from everybody. And, and that really has become, as much as the schools, I think, a, a big part of this problem, hasn't it? Absolutely. Here's the other thing, David, is uh, it's also interesting to note that the older generation, for example, they say, well, I was raised up in the school system, in the public school system. Well, I can tell you again firsthand, it's not the same school system that we were raised up under in any sense of the word. It may have been bad in the 80s and in the 90s, mm-hmm. but it's it's out of control today. And there's no question as uh, to who's behind this agenda every step of the way. And they're trying to take absolute control over the children. And as long as you're willing to give them 
uh, over onto the state. They're going to go ahead and oblige themselves and take control. And uh, it's not an authority that we want to give them in any sense of the word. That's right. Yeah, if there's a spiritual revival in this country, we'll see it uh, as the uh, hearts of the parents, not just the fathers, but the mothers as well, has is, is been turned away from the kids. Uh, turn mm -hmm. back to the kids, and then the kids will turn to them. Let, let's talk a little bit about what is happening uh, with your program here. I see that the uh, the Facebook has labeled uh, Sons of Liberty as dangerous individuals and organizations. Are you getting censored on Facebook now? What, what's going on with that? Oh yeah, I've been uh, we've been censored on Facebook for years now, um, and it's interesting. I just did another article on this yesterday. Ben Franklin said that our freedom of speech is a bulwark against tyranny. And we see big tech companies illegally censoring at will to do what it is that they want to do. But again, go back to the communists and you'll understand that the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. There's no better way of doing that than driving the narrative. And we see that uh, the six corporations are driving, what is it, up to 94% today of the narrative that we get. There's like a six percentile left of free speech where guys like you and me actually have a uh, a right to get out to the people while we all well know that on our end we would be probably to three to five million followers on facebook mm -hmm. on youtube both sites pulled our content uh we started out sons of liberty media.com the first month we had seven hundred and fifty thousand unique visitors the second month we had eight hundred and fifty thousand the third month we had uh, up on tipping about a million followers david and then google decides to pull us facebook pulls us and then so did youtube simultaneously we've been through about four or five different attorneys right now and they say that it keeps going back to the district in california where the judges are just basically pulling the teeth out of the law and allowing them to censor at will there's nothing um, there's no front that's more powerful as to how they're winning this war right now than censoring guys like me and you, David. And we're seeing it on a massive scale today. They even took it so far as to label me as a dangerous organization. Well, you know what? I'll wear that t-shirt. I'll wear that hat <laughs> because I'm not going to live my life where the enemy's not worried about how I'm living mine because I don't have time to worry about how they're living theirs. Yeah. And so we're busy. We're in the fight. We're on the cutting edge of what we're called to do here by the Lord. And we're going to continuously do that. And by the grace of God, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what you mentioned there is very key that when you sue these corporations, besides the fact they have uh, as much money or more, actually, they have more money than the federal government does. The federal government can create it out of uh, thin air, but of course, they got big debts. But you know, these corporations with all this money, you, you, it's difficult to go. But then you have to go to the California jurisdiction, which is what we were just talking about earlier in the program with RFK Jr. He has to sue them in in California, and of course, you know, these judges say no, they can do whatever they want. They can censor a political candidate. Uh, they don't like it because they don't like his content, but we know who it's really coming from. We know it's really coming from the government. We know that they are the deputized state of the government in terms of this censorship. So they're not fooling anybody. It's kind of like, you know, what Oliver Anthony said, they, they think you think we don't see what you're doing, but we do, you know, <laughs> we know exactly what they are doing. And it is, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see finally, you know, with these Twitter files, as I said uh, earlier in the program, at least now some of these organizations that were, um, you know, uh, built conservative think tanks and other places like that said, well, it's a private corporation. They can do what they wish. Now we know that's not true. They were, we know that they were the deputies of this, uh, uh, state that is running censorship directly itself. Okay, again, we live it over here, David. I mean, every day of the week, it's another 
since uh, we're being censored here, we tried to jump over to Vimeo. Uh, Vimeo lasted for about three days. We were doing real well over there. Then they decided to pull that. Uh, so wherever you're effective, that's what they're targeting right now. So we just decided to go with Exodus 110. Uh, the more that they afflict the children of Israel, the more they multiplied. So the more they attack us, we just go out and get another billboard. We go get another booth. We get out in the public eye. We do protests. And that's where we should be anyways. I mean, yeah. uh, Protestant has meaning Protestant, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're being a light in a dark place right now by reproving the darkness. Yeah, and uh, we're going to continuously do that, David. That's good. That's good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's coming to um, our area this weekend. So anybody who's in Tennessee, uh, I'll, I'll find out more about it, and I'll keep you informed next couple of days as to what is happening in terms of time. Uh, but yeah, we've got this, uh, dragons with kids show that is coming here, but you know, we talk about censorship, Bradley, I, I even had on uh, YouTube, I'm, I'm a marked guy. Um, there is a channel that somebody put up that says the David Knight show. And I don't know how that is still there, except that they, uh, put in, <laughs> uh, when you go to their channel, there's something that, that plays immediately says, I hate Trump because I'm talking about what he did. You know, it's, it's like, okay, well, if they did that. I guess that's maybe their defense to keep me on YouTube because they kicked me off. Even when right. I just put up a channel and played uh, Christmas songs that I, I did myself, Christmas songs that I perform and, and, um, you know, they let that up there for about, uh, six months. And then they took that entire channel down without explanation on YouTube, I guess, just because it's me. Um, but, um, cause there's no copyright strikes and of course, no information with that as well, yeah. but that is, that is what we're facing everywhere. And, uh, yeah. and that is the key thing. And that is why this is so important because they wouldn't be going to all this effort if it didn't make a difference when we are able to speak, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it interesting, David, that Facebook and Twitter and Facebook, they advocate that which is subversive mm -hmm. to American government advocating that which stands against American law. And it's out there, and they're promoting it all day long. But if you hold to the Word of God, and you hold to the U.S. Constitution in exposing them for who they really are, they want people to believe that we're the bad guys when, in fact, we're the ones calling out the bad guys every step of the way. Yeah, absolutely absolutely true. Uh, tell us a bit more about where people can find you. Uh, uh, again, um, Sons of Media. Uh, sons of Liberty media.com and yep. also sons of Liberty radio.com. Is that correct? That's right. We broadcast in about 159 cities every day, six days a week. Actually, you can listen to us on Sundays, uh, but we are on sons of Liberty radio.com. That's who we are. That's what we've done over the last 23 years in ministry across the country. Uh, and it's not just limited to high schools, colleges. We've done television. We've done national broadcasts. Uh, the list goes on. You can also jump over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and we got about uh, 13 articles that come out every day uh, combating the lies through the mainstream media. So we are on from 2 to 3 Central Standard every single day, and we'd love to have you. And, David, we're probably going to need you up and coming again in the near future to go ahead and co-host that show, if you wouldn't mind. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd be happy to do it any time. Uh, because, you know, look, here's the thing that you and I understand. And that is that, uh, you know, Breitbart used to say politics is downstream of culture, but culture is downstream of what people value, what they believe. It's downstream of what they believe about God, and it's downstream of their morals. And this is one of the reasons why that is what is under attack so heavily. And if people are going to sit on the side and say, we don't want to take a stand on this because, you know, we want to be 
We want everybody to like us, and we don't want to be accused of judging people or their actions or anything like that. If that happens, uh, we're rapidly going down to the, down the path that we've seen already in England where they're arresting people who are praying silently outside of an abortion clinic. Uh, and nope. if they admit that they were praying silently, uh, they, <laughs> they arrest these people. I mean, this is how insane this whole thing is becoming, and that's what's going to happen if we're passive about this, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you look at that, what really bothers me about that is, and this is new news to me, um, is those police officers, those law enforcers, those legislators actually somehow or another have deceived themselves into believing that they're upholding the law when in fact they're tearing down the law. Mm -hmm. This is self-inflicting at every given level. And instead of going up the flagpole the way that they should in upholding the Constitution, they should be dealing with the tyrants, not the innocent. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, it's very important. And um, and again, I keep telling people, as, as I believe you do too as well, uh, the key thing is that we've got to grow this from the ground up. And we have to grow it from the inside out with us first, uh, with our families, with our communities. And then we work in our local community to, uh, to make this happen because, uh, you know, we, we know from experience, this isn't a theory, we know from experience and what we went through in 2020, uh, things got either much, much worse based on the local officials or they were able to stand and interpose against this kind of tyranny from above. Thank you so much for joining us. Bradley Dean, Sons of Liberty Radio, thank you all of you for joining us. Have a good day. Thank you, David. Thank you, Bradley. common man. They created common core to dumb down our children. They created common past to track and control us. Their commons project to make sure the commoners own nothing and the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away. Their most powerful weapons are isolation, deception, intimidation. They desire to know everything about us while they hide everything from us. It's time to turn that around and expose what they want to hide. Please share the information and links you'll find at thedavidnightshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. TheDavidKnightShow.com